You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I am Mike Cadlick. Joined by 98.5 Sports, it's Alex Barth. And this show tonight is presented by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes it super easy to cook up quick and easy at-home meals with the freshest ingredients available. So make sure to go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65 and use that code CLNS65 for 65% off your order plus free shipping. Again, that's CLNS65 on the code. You'll get 65% off plus free shipping. So go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65 to go check that out. We're going to do a full Q&A episode today, so uh, as we get this thing started, you can pop all your questions in the chat, and we will get to as many as possible. Uh, but while you guys ask said questions, uh, some Patriots news came down today as the team released three players uh, just three days after the Super Bowl. They cut cornerback Tay Hayes, special team, or er, Christian Wilkerson, yep. and why am I blanking on the third one? Quinn Nordine, kicker Quinn Nordine. Oh, I, I was I was thinking specialist. I was thinking Riley Webb because I was talking about wide no. receivers earlier. So yeah, kicker Quinn Nordine, wide receiver Christian Wilkerson, and cornerback Tay Hayes. Uh, some relevant, others not so much, I guess. Christian Wilkerson, for example, is the guy who I I look at here, who was a training camp darling the last two seasons. He uh, he got knocked out with a concussion on what many call the cheap shot against the Panthers uh, during Panthers week, but he had some promise. Uh, Nordine, you wonder what he could have been if Nick Folk wasn't so nails at the age of 35 or whatever he is. Um, so yeah, what do, what do you make of the releases? I'm a little surprised they moved on from Wilkerson. I, you Me know, too. not even as a wide receiver thing. I, I don't think he was the answer, you know, that, that guy that's going to unlock Mac Jones, but I thought he was a pretty good special teamer and mm-hmm. a guy who, could give them some depth at wide out. He was under contract for, I think like $800,000. It was very minimal. Now, maybe there was a conversation that like, Hey, I want to go somewhere. I don't feel like I'm going to have a chance to win a spot here. I want to have the opportunity to go sign with the team in training camp where I can win a spot, something like that. So who knows why he got released. That one surprised me a little bit. Uh, uh, is who he always was college. I mean, he's got an incredibly powerful, really erratic, Mm-hmm. It's kind of like quarterbacks. When we talk about, oh, that guy can throw the ball 70 yards in the air. There's a lot of people that can do that. But can you do it with any ounce of control? Uh, for right. 90% of the people that can throw the ball that far, they can't control it. And Nordine's kind of the kicker equivalent of that. Tay Hayes, yeah, I, you know, they could bring him in a camp. They could not. Um, that one was kind of whatever. The the thing I'll say with Nordine and uh, Wilkerson is so they were set to be ERFAs. 
the Patriots still could technically bring them back if they simply didn't want to deal with the tender process. Yeah. Um, they could release them and bring them back. So it's not for sure that they're gone, but I, you can't really get somebody cheaper that is an ERFA. So I, right. I think the two of them are probably that their time's done in New England. I expect Wilkerson wherever he ends up to compete for Ross spot. I really do. I, I don't think we've seen the last of him in the NFL. The other two, eh, I don't know, but um, Wilkerson did surprise me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said earlier, he was a, he had two really solid camps and then an injury kind of derailed him this year. But um, if he kept playing this preseason and, you know, their, their last receiver ended up being um, little Jordan Humphrey on the roster. I feel like Christian Wilkerson could have filled that role just as well. I know they used him in a little different way than they might've used uh, Wilkerson as far as that, right. um, that tight end type wide receiver with, you know, he, he was inline blocking and things like that. But uh, yeah, he was impressive. So I, I agree with you that he, his time in the NFL is not done. He'll, he'll be able to, uh, he'll be able to latch on somewhere. So that's what happened in Patriots world today. We will now get to your questions. We will answer as many as possible in the chat. So fire away. Um, we will start with. We can start with this one. This is a good one. All right. Would the Patriots be better off trading for Jerry Judy or T Higgins? I, I say Higgins. Uh, I think Higgins okay. is uh, Higgins is a bit younger. I think he has a much higher ceiling and Although he'll cost more, I think his cost is worth it. I think that 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 type of wide receiver in this system for Mac Jones going into year three is incredibly important. And Higgins has shown that he is a wide receiver one stuck behind another wide receiver one. Where Judy has been up and down, he, he, he has a ceiling, but I think Higgins' ceiling is so much higher. So I would I would rather Higgins in, in New England than Judy. I think it's Judy. First off, okay. Judy actually is younger. Oh, he is. Months. Okay. Jerry Judy oh, is younger. T. Okay. Higgins is 24 right now. Jerry Judy is still 23. He turns 24 in April. So he's okay. actually, he's sorry, I said six months. He is nine months younger All right. than T. Higgins. Jerry Judy is. Uh, I, I do think Jerry Judy is, uh, I do think T. Higgins is ultimately a better player. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, you're talking about probably multiple first round picks to get that thing done. And I, at that point, I don't think it's worth it because. I love next year's wide receiver class and I'm not ready to give up the first round pick. Then they also might need a quarterback. I'm not ready to give up the first round pick next year. If you need the quarterback, that's fair. You mentioned the system. Jerry Judy's a better fit in Bill O'Brien's system. It all originates from the slot position. T Higgins is a pure boundary receiver after Moss left in 2010. I mean, they basically didn't use that position. You look at the 2011 season when they were the bet, one of the best offense in the history of football. Can you even tell me who their boundary receiver was? That year? In, tw- in 2010? 11. 11. 11. Oh, boy. Uh, they did. So uh, Moss left in 10. Was it who? It's Jabbar Gaffney. That was, uh, he was like their secondary boundary receiver yeah, in okay. uh, 07. No, it was Dion Branch and Chad Ochocinco. Oh, yeah. Ocho- oh, Ochocinco. That's right. And they still got by. So I, yeah. I think you got a talent target in the slot, and Jerry Judy is the guy in that regard. So I think Higgins is probably, if we're doing Madden ratings, a better player, but in the specific Patriots system, Jerry Judy, I think is a better fit. He's going to cost less and he's younger. So I go Judy all day on that one. All right. Um, I, I think building off that is a Judy trade off the book since Denver hired Peyton. I think that might, uh, has, has a chance to maybe escalate it even more because, 
they had to trade a first round pick to get Sean Payton in the building. They might want to get something back and Jerry Judy would be a trade target. Rappaport also reported, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network also reported that Judy was a target at last year's trade deadline. So, um, I mean, the, the GM's the same there in George Patton, so they'll probably field the same type of calls, and they might want to get some stuff back now that they just had to cough something up for Sean Payton. So I, I don't think the Payton deal, I think that would actually escalate it more so than it would take it off. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I also just think Payton's going to want to build his own thing, right? Jerry, Judy, right. you're nearing the end of that contract. Mm-hmm. And unless Payton knows for sure he's the guy he wants to pay, you look at essentially what the Vikings did, right? When when they traded Stephon Diggs and draft, drafted Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. they extended the length of having a rookie contract at that position. I think Peyton maybe doesn't want to have to pay that big money receiver in two years when he might be looking for a quarterback, right? So mm-hmm. I I think it's I think the impact is negligible. But if I have to lean one way, I actually think hiring Sean Payton makes him more available. And yeah. and some of it too is, is is like you said as well, with um they need picks. I mean, they just right. they need picks to build that thing. They don't have money, they don't have cap space, they need draft picks, however they can get them. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I th- I want to bring up one more before if you have something. No, um, go for it. Going back to the wide receiver position. I saw this on Twitter a few times today when I was talking about wide receivers. Um, and it's Paris Campbell from the Colts. He could maybe fit that slot position need for a little bit lower of a price. He uh, was he a first round pick or a second round pick? I, I want to say he's a first round pick. He's one of those Ohio State guys. He was like at yeah. the beginning of the Brian Hartline uh, tenure. Right. So um, I don't hate it. He second hasn't round been, pick. Sorry. Second round. Okay. He hasn't been super in Indy, but he hasn't really had too much of a chance. They kind of they brought in Michael Pittman as well, and I think Campbell's gotten hurt a few times, so. I guess it depends on the price. I don't hate the idea, um, but I don't know. What do you What do you think about Paris Campbell? Look, he had a thousand yards last year in that really? offense. Yeah, wait, I just had it here. It was uh, oh nope, sorry, that's his college numbers. That's his college okay. numbers. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say I would remember that. He was on IR most of last year. Okay. I personally actually do really like Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like you're going into that second tier that that yeah. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, like we've had this conversation before, right? I want the guy that comes in and is instantly, unquestionably, number one on the depth chart. And Paris Campbell's like right there with Kendrick Bourne to me. So yeah. I think he's a good player. I just, it's, they don't, he, he doesn't add anything. He doesn't add right. anything. So I, yeah, yeah I I'm out on him. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, the the person asking the question is the right idea. You know, quickness, you need the slot right. receiver, all that, just they can do better. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to this one. Would we rather Patriots sign Mike McGlinchey in free agency and then select a corner or wide receiver in the first round or sign Dean or Bradbury, then select an offensive tackle in the first round? I would rather they sign McGlinchey and then draft a tackle in the first round. 
They need to. They need two tackles. They don't have. You can call Trent Brown what you want. I think he's going to get cut. They save too much money if they don't cut him. Or, or sorry, they save too they much money to not to not cut him. Yeah. You need starting tackles. Period. End of story. Like they have serviceable NFL corners, and they can upgrade there. In the good news is, I think you can get an upgrade at that position in the second or third round of the draft this year. The wide receiver thing to me, it's boomer bust with the veteran. I've said that it's, yeah. it's boomer bust. They need tackles sign one draft one. That's where I'm at with that. I like the first idea here um, because I like sign McGlinchey and I love the idea of the corner. I love Joey Porter. I love Christian Gonzalez. I love Devin Weatherspoon. And I feel like that 46 pick, you can still get a high quality tackle. Who not had, but you're not going to get like a plug and play guy. This is what they've been doing. Yes, but what, what you're suggesting is what they've been doing at wide receiver for years. Yeah, I suppose. But I just think that th- those corners can be plug and play guys where I don't know if those second round guys would end up like the 46 don't... guys would be corners. I know they don't necessarily need it as much as tackle, but I mean, I don't know. Do we. The corner, that's the thing. How much is the corner you're drafting in the first round going to play? And not how much would you play him, how much are they going to play him? They're going to put him in a rotation with Jack Jones and Jalen Mills, and he's probably going to have a 40-45% usage rate. How much, is your be- left ta- how much is your left tackle playing? 100% of the time, right. ideally. Yeah, that's So fair. I just, unless they're going to trade Jalen Mills, I don't see it. I, I also, it, it's going to depend on what they do with John Jones, and that's going to happen before the draft. Right. So that's going to be sort of the ripple effect there, which is why it's fun to do our mock drafts and everything now and talk about everything. But the beginning of free agency obviously comes before the draft, and so that's what's going to that's what that's where we're going to get more of our tells as to what this team does. Right. Um, do you want to go here? We can talk about the second round pick from last year. Where are we yeah. at with Tyquan Thornton right now? How do we think Bill O'Brien will impact his development? Um. So. After they cut Wilkerson today, I tweeted out who the Patriots have under contract in 2023 for receivers, and it's Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, Trey Nixon, and Raleigh Webb. They need to upgrade the position regardless. Um, I think that Bill O'Brien and what they bring in here, as far as you know, a, a new offensive system where they're, it's, it's going to be calculated, I think that's going to help Tyquan in the long run. So I, I don't... I still feel like he's going to positively impact his development, but that doesn't, they can't rely on that. They still have to fix the room. They still have to go get that other guy. They need a true number one. So I like Taekwon. I like what he showed in, in bits last year. He had potential in camp, but that doesn't mean they say, oh, well, we have Taekwon Thornton, so don't worry about the wide receiver room. They still need to do much more in the room. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them give Tyquan a shot. You draft, you didn't draft the guy 50th overall to be a rotational wide receiver. Right. You drafted him to play 75, 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. I, In O'Brien's offense, there's not a huge role for that guy. Traditionally, now maybe that's an adjustment adjustment he makes when he comes here, or maybe Tyquan got in the gym this summer and we see him in the slot a little bit. Like, I, if they're going to maximize him in this offense, it's putting him in the slot. Well, look at Will Fuller. Look at what Will Fuller did. With, yeah, he's a different uh, player, though. Different I guess, but he's, he can still, he's fast. He He's a straight line guy, takes the top off the defense, and he's either going to go for 180 in a game or 25 yards. That's kind of what yeah, I can see him with the, with Bill O'Brien. He's much bigger, though. He's a Fuller? much bigger, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. As far as Will like Fuller, I think it was like what two ten, two fifteen, right? Yeah, I mean Taekwon just needs to put on weight anyway. But right, I it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I hope yeah. they don't quit on him. I hope that's not a case where it was just oh he was picked for Matt Patricia's offense and he's not in it anymore. So we're just gonna move on. Like Matt I Patricia's offense, right? <laughs> I hope they still give him a chance because I think there is some upside there. I hope they try to justify that fiftieth pick, but it's tough to say. Yeah. Let's go back to the offensive line real quick. Do we think they double dip at offensive tackle in the draft? Broderick Jones and Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright? I could totally see them going back-to-back tackles. I could totally see it. And I don't know that they're going to be able to double up with Dewan Jones. I think that is trading back into the first round. It's I think it's trading back pretty high into the first round, you know, yeah, relative go to where they round. are. Right there at 14, I could see Dewan Jones going right around 20. So that's a pretty extreme trade. Now, Darnell Wright, I think, is maybe more in place at 46, and I like him. I, I don't think he's as dominant as Dewan Jones, but I think he's a starting NFL right tackle. I could totally see it, and I'd be happy if they did it. Now, they have to make some other moves in free agency. They'd have to sign a decent corner, even like James Bradbury. They'd have to go out and trade for a guy like Jerry Judy or sign one of these guys we think might get cut, right, Keenan Allen. Yep. But I am all for them double-dipping a tackle. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not what everybody wants. I know it's what the fantasy football players don't want. But if they come away with two starting tackles from this draft and they actually get Mac Jones some freaking protection, that would be a good draft. That would be massive. I I, I agree. It's it. I said in the last one, my last answer, but it really does all hinge on what they do in free agency. Because if they do sign John Jones and they do end up trading for that number one wide receiver, then you're more likely to see tackle tackle because you fill your other needs. So yeah, I'm with it. I, I do think I agree that uh, Broderick and Dewan Jones are going to end up in the first round. You're more likely to get Darnell right at 40 sticks and maybe have to trade up a little bit or whatever. You, you see how the board falls, but I don't hate the idea so long as they fill the other needs in free agency. Yeah. Uh, another quick draft one here. Do we agree that Brandon cooks is a good comp for Zay flowers? I see why I see it, but at it cooks is much better vertically than Zay flowers is Zay flowers to me is more of a horizontal wide receiver. Right. I, I, I hate doing this comp obviously because of what the guy is off the field, but from a football point of view, say it, the, the ceiling is Antonio Brown. Yep, like that, and I know Antonio Brown became like had some, some deep elements as well, but the reason Antonio Brown was so successful getting open deep is he was so lethal underneath that yeah. teams had no choice but to press him. And then he would just be pressed with his speed. Like that's it's the short game leading to the deep game. That's where Zay flowers depth is going to come from. And it's going to be yards after the catch and things like that. So I don't think it's Brandon cooks. I'm trying to think of who I'm thinking of. Honestly, if we're going to go to like that, uh, yeah, I, I'm having trouble. Like it's not Kadarius Tony. Cause he's not that big. No. Right. But it's that same thing where it's I, speed and and I like to after the catch and route running. Yeah. The ceiling's Antonio Brown. I have my floor for him as like a like a Corey Coleman. But I mean that's not fair because like why are we gonna already put him on Corey Coleman's level? Which like I, I understand the comp and the types of receiver they play, but I, I mean I don't want to sit here and call him Corey Coleman just yet. But a guy like that. Look, the weight, the his his size is gonna be an issue. It is. Yeah. There's no way around that. And teams are going to, he's going to have to beat press. Even if he's playing in the slot, teams might, might start pressing him. Um, yeah. 
it's a tricky evaluation. But you know what? There's a lot of guys. It, it doesn't disqualify him. Like, I'm a big Tank Dell guy, right? If you want to do ceiling floor, mm-hmm. the ceiling for Tank Dell to me is Tyree Kill with how explosive he is. But he's 5'8", 163. The floor is Jalen Darden. Right. That's that's how that's what happens with these guys. Players at that size are outliers. You see the skill set and you get all excited about it. But then you remember Antonio Brown was like 190. I think Tyreek Hill's 200. Like he's built. Yeah, he's thick, yeah. You don't see these 170, 175 guys catch on. And if they do, well, then you you look at the skill set and you say, okay, he'll be that. But it's so difficult to project guys at that size. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it's really hard to do because there's not a ton of context to do it. And uh, there's not a ton of favorable context to do it. There's a ton of, like right. you said, Corey Coleman's out there, but <laughs> exactly those like 170 pound slot receivers. They don't, they generally don't catch on. Yeah. So building off of that, are you bringing Brandon cooks to new England? What does it cost? I would be interested. I think mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is a guy that if they do acquire him, instantly becomes the number one as soon as he arrives. I think Brandon Cooks is a wildly underrated player that yeah, I, I agree. Has been Very put underrated. in a lot of bad spots throughout. Basically, he got signed to a contract that was way more than he was worth, and the only way teams could justify having him on their team was being in the last year of a championship window. Mm-hmm. And basically, that contract just kept getting passed around agent contenders. And it put him in a bad spot. Right now, it's you're he missed his prime. You're kind of ready to hit the reset button, though. What he has like, is it six thousand yard receipt? Uh, I think so. Is it six thousand yard seasons with six different teams, something like that? He's the only player to ever do that. Two or he's got one, two, three. He's got four thousand yard seasons with three teams. I'm not giving up a first round pick for him like last time. I I think we're probably past that at 14. this point. He's Gonna turn. Sorry, what was that? No, four thousand yard, four four one thousand yard seasons with four different teams. Yeah, New Orleans, New England, the Rams, and Houston. I thought you said and three. He's had a thousand yards in all but three of his see in yeah. all but three of his whatever it is. Uh, eight is it nine seasons already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. He's thirty now. I'm not giving up the first round pick for him that I did, but they've got all those fourth round picks. It's like a fourth couple fourths yeah if it's a third maybe with a pick swap like all right honestly what was the Devonte parker trade last year it was third, parker and a fifth for something? a third i think it was parker yeah. oh, and a yeah. fifth for a third yeah i would do that and i think that's actually pretty comparable in terms yeah. of what you're getting i would do that i would absolutely do that again not giving up the first but yeah there's if, if we can make it work with day two picks i would take brandon cooks back yes I, I agree. I think it. he worked with O'Brien. Uh, no, he did not. No, 2020, he was with O'Brien. And so there's familiarity there. So yeah. I don't I don't hate it. Well, he also was here sort of right after O'Brien left. So there were still probably some. Oh, no, he wasn't. Never mind. Never mind. Was was, a little, I had my years mixed up. Yeah, never there mind. was some time. But yeah. Uh, do you want to do this one? I know you're excited about this one. There's been a lot of wide receiver talk so far, <laughs> but. Thoughts on rumors of Patriots sniffing around a trade for Debo Samuel. Those rumors coming from Jimmy Stewart, the producer of Felgren, Maz on 98.5, the sports up. I mean, if they're willing to deal him, then the Patriots should absolutely throw their hat in the ring. 
you talk about a guy who can play the slot, who can play outside, who can play running back, who can do everything with the football. Someone who the Patriots love for versatile players. Um, he's been dominant through the first three years of his career um, in San Francisco with a quality offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan. You now bring in a quality Bill O'Brien. I think that, again, if they actually want to trade him, the Patriots would be silly not to put their hat in the ring. Will it happen? I don't know. Should they Should they make a move? Absolutely. You, you have to, whatever those guys are available, we've talked about it all the time. Buffalo with Diggs and Miami with uh, Hill and the, the Eagles with A.J. Brown, right? You, you go get those guys for your young quarterbacks. I think Debo would be great for, for them. If Debo Samuel gets traded, it's going to be the Chicago Bears. Because okay. if the Niners trade him, it's because they're sniffing around the draft capital to move up and take a quarterback. <laughs> again. So, again, yeah. Oh, no, they totally – I'm not saying that's right. They've totally butchered this. Yeah. Sniffing around can mean so many things. It's due diligence. I will tell you this. Talking about floor ceiling, I actually see a very comparable player to Debo in this draft who you do not need to use a – I don't think will need to use a first-round pick to get. Kayshawn Booty should be there at 46. Yeah. I love the idea of taking him at 46 because the reason he's going 46 is not a football reason. And look, we don't know exactly what happened there at the end at LSU, but from the rumors that are out there and I'll let people Google them. Cause I'm not going to say anything that's not substantiated, but mm-hmm. didn't break any laws <laughs> might've, you know, Broken uh, some, you know, campus rule, camp uh, team guidelines, but right. I don't know, man. That he was the consensus number one wide receiver in this class for a long yeah, he time, was. and he had to play on some LSU teams that just weren't good, and I think that hindered him. And I think he became disengaged this year. And I know that gives some people some red flags, but you don't get to poo-poo this pick if you were one of the people who wanted George Pickens last year. Because I'll tell you this, Pickens' yeah, red flags were point. way worse. Were yeah. much more significant. So if you're somebody who's been saying the Patriots need to just take the guy and stop worrying about the off the field and just take the talented guy, Kayshawn Boutte to me is a top 15 talent that you can get at 46. And in terms of his play style, very similar to Debo Samuel. He is, I think he's like six. We, we don't have his official measurements yet. He, he hasn't checked in at the combine, but or I'll have to check in at the combine, but Listed at six foot, 210, 215. So let's call it 5'11, 205, 210. Really good speed for his size. He's like the thing about Debo, people don't realize, as fun as he looks, kind of jitterbugging around the field, he's a power runner. He'll run yeah. through you. He'll yep. write, in the words of Landon Roberts, he'll run through an MF or space, right? Kayshawn Boutte kind of has that thing going on. Excellent route runner. I dog dog with the football like dude doesn't quit i love it i i love the idea of taking Keishon Boutte at 46 and if it's that versus giving up like two first round picks for Debo Samuel i'll take Keishon Boutte at 46 i just worry about the the patriots and their development of wide receivers and i know bill o'brien could very well change that but if you can go get the proven guy i think you got to do it and i don't think it really matters what the cost is i mean of course it matters but it's it's it ends up being worth it in the long run. I So, I don't want to say Debo's a system player, but Debo's not going to have the same impact in Bill O'Brien's yeah, that's, system that he that's had a in San good, That's a good point. 
and look, you know me, I'm a big like, hey, they can't develop wide receivers, don't take one guy. But if they're going to do it, if, if, if they're going to take a wide receiver high, which is kind of trending more and more looking like they're going to, mm-hmm. Boutte's the guy. I don't care about the character because you're right. They can't develop him. Go out and get the guy with the most raw talent in this class. I think JSN's number one, but yeah. he's not fast. They need speed. I think that Addison's number two, but I don't think they're going to get Addison. I think he's going to go in the top 10. Yeah. And he is, I wouldn't take him at 14. Kayshawn Boutte at 46 is such a sweet spot pick. Such a sweet spot pick for them if they can make it. And they'll be able to mold him into their offense versus Debo having to change systems. Uh, Debo might give you more right away. Like he will give you not Mike. He will give you more right away, but right. you're going to have a guy who has the potential to be a top 10, top five receiver in the league on a rookie contract. In a That's role fair. that is going to be the most heavily used in your offense. No brainer to me. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, I'm going to uh, pull this one up right here because this is an interesting point, something that hasn't been talked about a lot. Okay. According to Over the Cap, trading Tr- Tristan Wirfs pre-June 1, the Bucks would clear up $2.8 million but leave two point three in dead money. Is that something the Patriots should consider? I don't know that the Bucs are going to be super eager to move Wirfs. In the grand scheme of things, $2.8 million is not enough for them to open with that kind of dead money where their cap is. But uh, let me pull up the exact numbers here. Their other tackle... Donovan Smith, who's their right mm-hmm. tackle, is absolutely a cut candidate. They save $9 million if they cut him right now. If he's a post-June 1st cut, that goes up to $15 million. And the dead money is the same. It's about $2 million. Donovan Smith is I'd be very interested in. Yeah, you know, we've I, talked I, about Mike, Mike McGlinchey. We've talked about Caleb McGarry. We've talked about Juwan Taylor. But Donovan Smith, to me, is up there with those guys. He's 29, so he's not super old. I wouldn't trade for him because I don't necessarily want that contract. Uh, actually, let me see how much money moves over if he gets traded. Eh. Yeah, actually, not, eh, $9 million for a starting right tackle isn't bad. 15 moves over if it's after June 1. So I, w- I think your cord's loose again, Mike, by the way. Oh, sorry. Um, no, you're good. I uh, That's better. Yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't trade for Donovan Smith, but if they cut him, He's right there with that top right tackle group that we've been talking about. I, I think that's a guy to keep an eye on. I agree. I think, you know, we, I talk about it all the time, wide receiver, corner tackle. Those three are the top three needs. You got to make all three happen this off season, but I don't really care what way you do it, whether it's free agency, whether it's trade, whether it's the draft, you just have to touch on all three at some point somewhere. So yeah, if Tristan Wirfs or Donovan Smith are available, you, you got to go make that happen because I mean, at the end of the day, I know it costs more, but I'd still rather that proven guy that's been in the league and done it before rather than a rookie. Okay, let me ask you this, though, because you say okay. you don't care as long as they touch on all three. Mm-hmm. They don't need the same caliber player at all three spots, though. I suppose, but I right? still think that, yeah. They they need a tackle much more than they need a corner and wide receiver and. I would even say at corner and wide receiver, we're talking about a certain kind of position, a certain kind of player. 
Their wide receiver room is thin, Alex. Like, they really, really still need that number one to make a difference. I I would – they do, but they also really need a slot guy if Jacoby leaves, right? So Fair. I just – but I think you need two – needing two starting tackles. Like, when, when we talk about corner well, being we one could, of their biggest – Trent needs, Brown right? could be here. Trent Brown okay, could but be still, here. All right, even with that, needing a starting left tackle versus mm-hmm. needing depth size at corner – are two different things. You don't address depth size at corner before you address your starting left tackle. They do need to address depth size at corner. They can't let that go unchecked. But I I have trouble saying that, yeah, they can handle that the same way they can handle the tackle thing. The tackle thing is a much bigger need. Yeah, which I guess that I would rather touch on tackle with the proven guy rather than double dip in the draft. Okay. I would rather go get your tackle trade for him, sign him. The problem is they need a left tackle and that proven left tackle probably isn't available. It's probably draft and not. Yeah, that's that's fair. Unless unless you trade for him. Unless something happens with Orlando Brown. Right. Like I I just, I don't see the Bucks trading Tristan Wirfs. It doesn't open enough money to make it worth their time. And we talked about this yesterday too. The Bucks might try to like reload and go for it, which I don't think either one of us was super into them doing, but (laughs) I, yeah, I just, to me, there are those are the three big needs we talk about. But it's not to me. It's not like tackle, wide receiver, corner. It's tackle, wide receiver, corner. Like even within that, there's tears. And I've said it. I did this on the show with Evan. If we're really gonna list our biggest needs, we'll go five to one. It's linebacker, size at corner, slot receiver. Tackle, tackle. I have tackle at one and two, personally. So, so speaking of corner, then this has yep. came up, and uh, going back to the Felger and Maz route here. Uh, Greg Bedard brought this up on Felger and Maz oh. yesterday, and he likes the idea of the Patriots potentially going to get Jalen Ramsey as a cap casualty. Uh, question is trade for Jalen Ram- or question slash comment? Would you trade for Jalen Ramsey considering the the Rams salary cap purgatory? I want to hear your thoughts, but I mean, I don't hate it. Like, it depends on how much money he costs, I guess. But he's still going to add something to your cornerback room. He's still a top five-ish corner in the league. So. I don't know, Mike. Did you watch him last year? He was not good. He, I don't think he's... he was a top five corner in football last year. I don't think he was. You go back to the Super Bowl against the Bengals. He was not good in that game. He's very hit or miss, I guess. He'll either be locked down or he'll get burnt a bunch of times and then start, like, throwing a fit. So it goes back and forth with me, but I just think if you're going to – if if he's an option, I, I don't see why you don't kick the tires on it. Because so here's what do... I'd say. Okay. First off, he's going to be 29 next year. He's signed for three more years. He signed through 2025. Corners fall off at 30. There were only, I think it was 14 corners in the league last year that started 10 or more games at the age of 30. And some of those guys were like not good. The drop off at at, at 30 years old is probably more significant at corner than it is at any other position. So let's say he falls off a year early at 29. Mm -hmm. You're now on the hook one way or the other for 11 and a half million next year. And then four million the year after that in dead money. You can't get that off the books no matter what. I'd wait for the for the Rams to cut him. 
I, I'm not oh, trading yeah. for him. I'm not taking on yeah. that contract. Maybe if they want to give me a first round pick and we want to do it and oh, they don't have a first round pick. Never mind. Nope. I was gonna say yeah. we want to do it NBA style. <laughs> yeah. um, that wasn't a bit. Last I legitimately forgot they don't have a first round pick. Yeah, F them I, F them picks, Alex. He hasn't been good. He just hasn't been good. I don't see it. I don't see it. All right, back to the draft. Uh I just had it and it was uh it was definitely a topic for discussion yesterday. On Quentin Johnson. Thoughts on Quentin Johnson, TCU wide receiver. Uh, I believe Phil Perry had him at the top of his mock draft. Uh, I want to say someone else had them had him out there in the NFL draft uh, guy as well. But a couple of people. What do you? Yeah. What do you I think, think about might him? Have been at Daniel Fort- Jeremiah, one of the NFL.com guys. Yeah, that might be right. TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson, big guy. I have a ceiling for him as T Higgins, which is a good ceiling in my opinion. He's been outstanding. He reminds me of that. Um, it depends. It, it, it's, I sound like a broken record, and it's a little bit of a cop-out, I suppose, but you got to wait to see what happens in free agency first. But I I, I like Quentin Johnson. But again, it's that – not a jump ball guy. He's not Nikhil Harry. I mean, maybe that's his floor, but it might not necessarily help you with the system you want to bring in with O'Brien. But what do you think? They haven't been able to make it work with this guy. Even when O'Brien yeah. was here and they drafted guys like this, I just – I don't want to say he's Nikhil Harry, but it's that same thing where he's pretty much exclusively vertical in an offense that does very little vertically. The slants, the under routes, the drags, the in cuts, like he, he can't break on those. He doesn't have that in his bag. And that's a big part of what they're going to want him to do. So I like the player. I think he could succeed elsewhere. If they're going to take a receiver that high, take JSN or Addison. Take Addison, honestly, over the two of those guys. But I just, he's, he traditionally hasn't, that guy traditionally has not succeeded here. It is too, this is too important of an offseason for them to take that risk. Like a guy like Boutte, a guy like Addison, a guy like Flowers. Yes, they haven't succeeded on drafting high wide receivers, but guys of that prototype have had success here. Right. I just don't think that, the Johnson guy has, and, and to somebody in the comments, I won't pull it up because you pulled up the next question. Somebody said, yeah. stop calling every big receiver Harry, Nikhil Harry. Johnson will run like a 4-3-40. I'll tell you this. If if, if Quentin Johnson runs a 4-3-40, he's gone well before 14. He's going to be a top five pick. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a top five pick. So if he runs the time that you want him to run to completely remove the Nikhil Harry comparison, he's not going to be available. And I'll say this too. Chad Jackson could run. Chad Jackson was fast. Right. So we can we can go to that one too. So like can he sneak in like a 448, like 447, 448, maybe? I yeah, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't get me excited. And if he runs in the four threes, he's a top ten, if not top five pick. Right. I brought up Addison because I saw it earlier and you mentioned him. Yeah. I, I I'm on this the comment says seems like a top guy last year in the transfer portal, but now seemingly dropping to the second round. I don't think he's going to drop to the second round. No, I think he'll be available at 14, but he's not going to make it out of the top 20. He's probably the best. It, one of the three best receivers with JSN and Zay flowers in the class. Um, he's a great route runner. I think he could, he would actually fit pretty well here. I don't hate the idea. Um, but it, it depends on what they do at other positions. But it's I that mean, size thing with you're going to have to take him to 14. Yeah, he's only six feet. He's going probably going to gonna le- measure a little under that. Sorry. And he he struggles against press. He struggles against physical yeah. corners. He really does. And that's 
always a red flag, especially for a guy coming out of a conference like the Pac-12. He's going to last as far as as low as the Steelers are willing to trade up. That's my prediction for him. Steelers are going to want to reunite him and Kenny Pickett, and whether that's moving up to 10, whether it's moving up to 13. Some people have talked about could the Patriots move back a little bit and still get their tackle. Steelers are 17, 14 to 17 might not be a bad move for the Patriots, depending on how things shake out. Addison's going to be first round pick. He's going to be a you know lottery pick, a guy who goes in a, in a non-playoff draft spot. Um, I, I think you've just seen him fall off because that's sort of what happens this time of year. Zay Flowers went to the Shrine Bowl, did a great job, and now he's getting all the pub because that's where the narrative yeah. was. And, and Addison was doing, like he was working out on his own. He wasn't at any of these games. The combine's going to shift this all back. And all the guys that we've been in, in whether that be high draft picks, whether that be mid-round draft picks, like I looked at like the charting, right, as to where the stock stands. Demario Douglas, who me and Evan hyped up a ton coming out of the, the Shrine Bowl, went way, or way up, way up as soon as we, uh, at, like right after the Shrine Bowl happened. Yeah. Because he's who's being talked about. That'll settle down. Once we get to the combine, it all writes the ship. As much as I like to use these, you know, board projections and everything right now, I'm using them because it's what we have. The first like real look at the projections comes after the combine because that's when we've seen everybody or almost everybody. Right. And Addison is going because I don't think JSN's gonna run. No, I he don't won't. think Quint Johnson's gonna run the time everybody thinks he's running. Addison's going to run and he's going to get a huge bump when he does, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like it just because I want them to get another guy in here, another receiver. And I want one to work, right? They've, they've, they've right. done these parry didn't work. And then Taekwon, I mean, again, Taekwon's early, but there was guys on the board that could have worked like George Pickens and guys like that. So I want them to have that true number one guy that Matt can rely on every single down. I guess it was Jacoby, but I mean, they're, they're, there's people out there that are going to Why can't have a it be Keishon Booty? I suppose it could. So we'll see what happens at 46. Um, all right. What do we got? How can we close this thing out? A couple more. Uh, let's see. What do we got? I've seen a couple of people ask this. Will Jalen Mills switch back to safety or stay at corner? He's got to stay at corner unless they add yeah, multiple players at the position. I, I think he stays at corner. I was hoping he'd be a safety when they draft, when they signed him. Yeah. I also thought JC Jackson was going to stay long-term. So that kind of changed that projection. But I I think he's still a corner. They need the size. They need the experience. It's a really young room. I I just see it hard to justify a way that he moves back to safety. Maybe he plays a couple snaps here and there, but like full-time, I think he's a corner. All right. Hear me out. Pick 14. Yeah. I know you don't want me to say Joey Porter Jr., even though he's probably my favorite player in the class okay. at this point. Pick 14, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. Pick 46, uh, Darnell Wright. Yeah. Retain Trent Brown. Trent Brown, Darnell Wright on the yeah. outside. Cornerback, you now have Christian Gonzalez, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones. Devin McCourty's gone, so you bump Jalen Mills to safety. Now you have Duggar, Jalen Mills, and that's how you kind of fill it and you, you tweak things around that way. That's a lot of taking second tier players just to justify moving Jalen Mills to an off position. I just, you're taking the worst. Yeah, tackle. I suppose you're taking the worst tackle. You're adding a guy who's not going to play a ton and you're keeping a guy who looked checked out last year. But I why, get why you're why? doing it. Like that's how it would happen. But I just, I don't. 
why can't Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter Jr. be plug-and-play and play on one side right away? I know they rotate anyway at corner, but he can still be a guy who plays 85% of your snaps. Yeah, I uh, I guess they could because it's just never how they've done it. And maybe this year is different, yeah. but it's never how they've yeah. done it. Fair. Um, I want to bring up this one because I've seen this. I know Greg had this on Falgard Maz today, his like five-point mm. plan for the Patriots. Said draft Hendon Hooker, let him sit for two years, develop him. Um, a couple things on that. First off, Hendon Hooker, it sounds like is going to be ready for the start of the regular season or the start of camp. If that's the case, he's going to be a first round pick. It's going to be late first. But he's going to be a first round uh, pick. That's a little high. Alex. Somebody will trade up. I think somebody would be so okay. That's my second thing. Develop Hendon Hooker. So Greg's sure. plan, and maybe this isn't quite what this person meant. Greg's plan said sit Hendon Hooker for two years. He's going to be 29 at that point when he takes over. Like, there's no ceiling there. And I like Hendon Hooker's game. I really do. No, he'd be, he's, he's only 25. He'd be 20. He'd be 27, 28. I think he, no, but doesn't he turn oh. 26? Okay. Right. So he'd sit his age 26 season. He'd sit his age 27 season. Now, 28, I, 29. You're it's, not going to, it's old. It's old. You're not going to, either way, it's too, too old. You're, uh, it's not quite brain of weed, but, but I, to get I, and I don't because I don't want to because then people are just gonna think Hendon Hooker sucks. I don't think he does. To me, Hendon Hooker's like that's exactly the guy the Jets should be looking at. Cause I yeah, think he I is guess. plug and play. If he's ready to start the season, I think he gives you something. I I hate the idea because I think people and I, I went on this rant on my sports hub podcast with Matt Dolloff this week. You can hear it on 985thesportshub.com. I just Everybody says, well, look at Jalen Hurts. Because, right, that's that's the thing. Jalen Hurts just got here, and he was a second-round pick, and he was athletic. You know, well, look at Jalen Hurts. Look at uh, Russell Wilson in his prime, right, was a later pick. I, I know I'm missing one, but, like, look at all these guys that go in, like, the second or third round. Just draft an athletic quarterback. Just draft an athletic quarterback in the second or third round, oh. and boom, that'll fix it. But that's a fallacy because – the guy you're describing has to be there. If there were these great athletic quarterbacks available in the second round, wouldn't teams take them every year? Right. You look at the way the board shakes out right now. You have, and the other thing I'd remind people, just because a player is a first round talent does not mean they will be a first round pick. And just because a player is a first round pick does not mean they'll be a first round talent. Jalen Hurts, this year, if he was in this class, would be a first round pick. But he yeah. came out in a year that was very deep at quarterback, and it pushed him down. Most years, he's not a second-round pick. So you look at the board this year. Uh, Bryce Young, CJ Strago in top five, if not top three, right? Might be one and two. Yep. Anthony Richardson, I think, probably should be that second-round kind of risk athlete guy, but he's going to go in the first round. Fix your mic. He's probably going to go top ten. Um, yeah, your mic's going out again. Um, I would, And then you have Will Levis who I'll be honest, I really don't get at all. But yeah, I is going to be a first round pick. Then you have Hendon Hooker. Is my mic back? Sorry. No, it's still it's still cutting in and out. Give it one more. Um I, I, uh, one more time. Sorry. Better there worse. You go. Better. Done. Okay. okay. So right. you have those four young Stroud Richardson, Richardson and Levis. Levis are going to be first round picks. 
then you have Hendon Hooker, who is supposed to go somewhere with like the 30s, 40s, 50s, but he's 26. He's coming off that torn ACL. There's no ceiling there. He is who he's going to be. The next quarterback projected to – all right, then you have Tanner McKee from Stanford who plays the game exactly like you think a guy named Tanner McKee from Stanford would play the game. I think – did I say this from you? Your comp, yeah, he's Davis May. Not an athlete, low ceiling, high floor, serviceable backup, whatever. The next quarterback projected is Jaron Hall, who's projected to go outside the top 100. He's basically just Zach Wilson. So yeah. maybe that's your guy, but if you're taking Jaron Hall in the top 150, you've overdrafted him. So you can say you want to take Jalen Hurts all you want. That guy, the guy you're describing, go get an athlete with upside on day two. That guy doesn't exist this year. He simply doesn't exist. So I just, if they want to take Jaron Hall in the sixth or seventh round, whatever, go for it. Be my guest. But... I just don't think that guy that everybody has this idea about again that Jalen Hurts, you're not gonna find him. Your yeah, mic's going again, by the way. God damn it. Um I see it in the chat. Sorry guys. Yeah. I'll add this one too. Uh I did not say Darnell Wright is the worst tackle to take. I, I saw a couple secondary people tackle. Like He's the second tier. He's not in the Broderick Jones, Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson tier. He's a tier below that. I, there are much worse tackles they could take. I can assure you of that. So I just, like better. Mike a couple, couple people got pissed about that. Um, still not great. Hi. Right, it's quieter now. Let's just see if that works. Okay. All right. Um, what else do we got? I, 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 this one's interesting to me. Syracuse tackle Matthew Bergeron uh, could be a guy. I looked at some tape on him the other day. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I guess he's probably a little bit worse than Darnell Wright. Uh, I suppose, oh, yeah, no, he's, a, he's at least he's that, a tier below. He's probably that third tier of tackle. So it would be a reach at 46. I don't know if he'll be there at, what's their third pick? 85 76, or 76. 76, he, okay. What do you, what do you think of Bergeron? He struggled at the senior bowl. I don't think he's plug and play. I think he's a developmental guy. You know, if they keep Trent Brown and draft Dewan Jones, maybe you, you you draft him to redshirt a year and then step in at left tackle next year after Trent. But yeah, I yeah I I don't see it. I I don't see it with him. Um, not my guy. Okay. Um, they're gonna let Jacoby Myers walk. I think. Uh, oh yeah, I. I, I well, the, let's co- the comment that. is for those who are listening that yeah. uh, Ray here will be disappointed if my, if Bill lets Myers walk. Uh, I hate to break it to people, but I don't see him coming back here because he's going to break the bank. He's the best. He's the best wide receiver on the market. Right. Someone's going to pay him too much money. He's going to get the Christian Kirk contract or exactly. more. And yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think they're necessarily going to let him walk. I'm sure they'll negotiate. I don't think that they're going to close that door. This might be one of those things that, you know, we hear about this all the time where they're going to let him go out there, see what's out there. He brings back the best offer and they'll match it. If they feel like they can match it, they're not going to match it. It's going to be too much. So I don't think, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it letting him walk. I just think they're going to get priced out of his market and where they need to add other more explosive receivers. You need to keep, you need to open room on the depth chart anyway. Uh, look, we'd all love to see him back. I, he, he's a great story. He's a super nice guy having interacted with him. Um, I think he's a kind of like cornerstone locker room kind of guy, but 
This is just a price. It, it's a business. It's going to be one of those ones where you walk away saying it's a business. It's a business for the Patriots. It's a business for Jacoby Myers. I think in a perfect world, they would both like to keep, you know, they would both like to keep Myers in that locker room, but I just, I don't think the way things are set up right now, it makes sense for either side. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I want to close it with this one, unless you yeah. have any more after, but this uh, is where I'm not seeing too many. Oh, okay. This is where I want to close this thing off. Do you think there will be any Patriots in the NFL top 100 huh. this season other than Judon? Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar yeah. is going to make the top 100. Duggar was awesome this year. He had three interceptions. He had, I think, two pick six or a pick six, a fumble six. He made a huge difference for this team every time he played. When he didn't play, you saw them lack in the safety room. And I think he's earned, he wasn't a pro bowler, but I think he's earned respect from other guys in the league. I've, you've heard a lot about, um, just how good Kyle Duggar is and how much, you know, teams respect him. So I think he might sneak into the top 100 this year. He had a really, really, really good year. The one other guy I think might, he'll probably end up on the honorable mentions just because it's voted on by the players. And I know players around the league think very highly of him as Marcus Jones. I think he okay. got the attention of a lot of his peers for yeah. what he did last year, not just the return game, not just playing on offense, but even as a corner you look at his performance against DeAndre Hopkins. You look at his performance against Devontae Adams. I don't know. It's enough. Like, I, it's fringe, but like, if he ends up in that honorable mentions or he's in that, you know, in the 90s somewhere, yeah. I, I could see it. I'm going to add one more here because it's kind of related. Okay. Odds they switch Marcus Jones to offense. <laughs> uh, Marcus Jones has repeatedly said that that's not what he wants to do. He sees he's a corner. He wants to play corner. He's open to kind of these gadget plays and he wants to return kicks, but he wants to play defense. Yeah. So I, and he should. Yeah. There's no reason to tick him off and move him to right. the other side of the ball when he doesn't want to do it, especially when you have opportunities to add guys who can play that. I'll tell you this. If you're somebody who wants them to move Marcus Jones to offense, tank Dell, you, you get all in <laughs> on the tank Dell draft train. Cause the same guy tank Dell's just Marcus Jones on offense. Yeah. So, I yeah I I know a lot of people really want it to happen, but I I'm not saying he won't play offense. I think he'll still get those gadget plays. But Marcus Jones making a full on switch to wide receiver, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't think they should do it. Um, so that'll do it for uh, the other guy. I'll add to the top 100, maybe Mike Onwenu or like a David Andrews. I know Andrews has kind of he's getting older, but those are two guys who have also earned respect uh, across the league. And like you said, it is voted on by the players. Um, so that's gonna do it for us tonight. Again, this one is brought to you by HelloFresh.com. Uh, HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65. Use the code CLNS65 for 65% off plus free shipping. We will be back next week twice yet again. We'll probably do another Q&A and uh, we'll see what happens with the Patriots if any more news comes down because we're getting into that you know slow grind of the offseason, but things trickle in. We saw the, uh, the roster moves this week. Uh, maybe some official coaching hires. Uh, yeah, we'll I mean, they still happens. have to make Adrian Clem official. So we're exactly. still waiting on that one. Yeah, so we'll be back again twice next week. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to Patriots Press Pass on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get those podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and at Mike Cadlick. Read our stuff at 985thesportshub.com and CLNSmedia.com. We'll we will both have you all covered all offseason, so make sure you check it out. Uh, we like to talk, but we also like to write, so check out our respective sites. Well, again, we'll be back next week. So until then, thank you guys for watching.